You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. Crytox ransomware has been um, around since... Uh, at least 2020, uh, but uh, it hasn't been in the news. We haven't seen anything major um, back then. That's Deepin Desai from Zscaler. Today we're talking about his team's research on the Crytox ransomware family. Uh, in September 2021, the team actually noticed... Uh, a company, uh, you know, uh, named RTL. It's a Netherlands-based company that was hit, and it was publicly acknowledged as well. Um, although one of the things that the team noticed back then was uh, the ransom amount was 8,500 euros. And that's hmm. that's very, very small compared to uh, the ransom demands that we see with uh, some of the other ransomware gangs like uh, Conti and, you know, Hive and others. So we've been tracking the payloads. We've been tracking the uh, developments on on the on the campaign side as well. And uh, one of the things that the team noticed over here was, uh, unlike many of the other ransomware groups, Crytox ransomware does not perform double extortion attacks. It just performs data encryption, and uh, you know uh, holds it for ransom. It does not perform data exfiltration from the impacted machine. Going a little old school with the ransomware, right? Exactly. It is It is one of the old school ways of doing things. There are a couple other things we noticed. I mean, they they did uh, make it easier for the victims to communicate back with the threat actor. So they were dropping this, uh, uh, you know, peer-to-peer instant messenger app called Tox, um on the infected machine, uh, and uh, you just click on it, and you're basically um, able to communicate and negotiate the ransom amount with the threat actor. 
Can you walk us through what's going on technically behind the scenes here? Is there any interesting aspects to that part of it? Yeah, in terms of uh, the encryption, I mean, there's there's nothing um, uh, that uh, that is different than what we have seen before. I mean, it's you it's using AES CBC uh, with Perfile two fifty six bit key um, that is protected with the locally generated RSA public key. And he uses this to encrypt local disks, network drives, and um, you know at all of those locations you will see a ransom note uh, with a five-day timer. Um, um, you know that's basically notifying the victim that your files have been encrypted, pay, or you will lose all the data. And so you still have the ability to pay on that machine. I mean, they don't completely disable it. You can communicate with them. Yeah, you're you're basically using the messenger application uh, to communicate, and then they will provide the link for performing the payment. Is there any sense that uh, if you follow through with them and you pay the ransom, you'll get your files back? Um, for for most ransomware groups, uh, we do observe that you do get a key back, uh, right, which will allow you to decrypt your files. Uh, so while we didn't go that route to confirm it, at least for the for the publicly known case, uh, they did uh, get the key and were able to restore their file. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. It's interesting that the the ransom demand is so low, and uh, you know, I wonder if they're comparatively trying to fly under the radar compared to some of the the bigger players here. Yeah, that 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 does uh, sort of uh, raise his eyebrow. Like, why so low? Uh, maybe they're trying to do uh, um, more development and more testing, and and then yeah, as you pointed out staying under the radar so that uh, there's no law enforcement action as well, given so much uh, focus on the ransomware uh, threat actors these days. Uh, We also noticed, uh, actually, while the team was analyzing some of the payloads, that uh, the encryption mechanism that they have used, it's actually prone to some weaknesses uh, that could actually allow some brute forcing methods um, that can result in us decrypting the files as well. So definitely not one of those, uh, you know, uh, sophisticated ransomware payloads. It's, it, it still p- probably appears to be a work in progress. And is the group trying to prevent analysis from researchers like yourself? Do they have elements of that in there? They, they did have some basic anti-debug, anti-analysis technique, but nothing to write home about. <laughs> okay, nothing sophisticated. I mean, is that is that pretty much what you're seeing here with this group that uh, we wouldn't rate their sophistication as being particularly high? And that is accurate. Yes. Yeah. And so, in terms of folks best protecting themselves against this specific group, what are your recommendations? 
Yeah, so I think the 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 guidance should guidance over here is to look at the ransomware problem holistically. Um, every time I speak to um, you know some of the large organization security leaders, um, I always ask them to look at the problem in four buckets. What are you doing to reduce your external attack surface? Because when these gangs go after you, they will first try to find out what all things are exposed. Uh, they may come through one of the users uh, falling for a phishing attack. They may come uh, after you through an asset that is exposed to the internet. Uh, it could be a server. It could be a workload. It could be your 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 system sitting in the corporate environment. Uh, it could be VPN, as I'm um, as we have seen before. Uh, but so look at what you can do to reduce that external attack surface. Second is provide consistent security uh, on all internet bound traffic. Uh, with full SSL inspection. And that's where a proxy-based architecture really helps out. The goal over there is to prevent that initial infection. The third bucket is what can you do to prevent that lateral propagation phase? That's where majority of these ransomware gangs does a lot of damage. Right, Having one system going down with the ransomware attack versus the entire environment going down is, is the difference between it being a small incident to a org scale breach. So over there, user to app segmentation, app to app micro segmentation plays a very important role in containing this incident to a single host versus entire environment. And then finally, um, in this case, Crytox is not exfilling data, but um, more than 50% of the ransomware threat actors that were tracking perform data exfiltration as well. So you need to have consistent data loss prevention strategy for all your internet-bound traffic, right? Uh, and that's where, again, SSL inspection plays a very important role because these guys are just using public cloud, uh, you know, SaaS locations to even exfil your data from the infected machines. Yeah, it's really interesting to see uh, as the ransomware, uh, I don't know, ecosystem continues to evolve that we have players coming in and running at all different levels. You know, I think it's it's perhaps easy to say that these folks are kind of at the entry level, you know, not terribly sophisticated, not asking for a lot of money, uh, trying to go unnoticed. And then you have that all the way up to the big players and, and everything in between. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a gamut. Uh, it's a it's a pyramid model where there's like, uh, you know, highly sophisticated gangs at the top and then there's like uh, dozens and dozens of these uh, new kids on the block or, or more um, work in progress kind of ransomware gangs. Yeah. All right. Well, deep into Sai, thanks for joining us. Our thanks to Deepin Desai from Zscaler for joining us. The research is on the Crytox ransomware family. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero-trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. 
To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Rachel Gelfin, Liz Irvin, Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>